Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your number one growing Big Ten football-specific podcast. Thank you very, very much for listening. I am your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined, as always, by... This is Big Kurt. Um, you can find me on Twitter. I am Jeffrey the Greek, at Jeffrey the Greek. And I'm Big Kurt on Twitter, at B1GKURT. And we are on... Podbean, we're on uh, iTunes, Spotify now, Stitcher now. Um, we are also, if you want to just go directly to eyesonbig.podbean.com, you can do that as well. There's really no excuse to not listen to us, to subscribe to us, and to uh, share it with your friends and coworkers, even that one coworker that you don't really like that much, but you're pretty sure he's a Big Ten football fan. Go ahead and share it with that guy too. And share with the SEC fan. Yes, I would love to start getting uh, reactions well, from SEC people. we may, yeah. because Dixie Fieldhouse followed us on Twitter. Ooh, big yeah, follow. I think I mentioned that. Mm, fantastic. So all the listeners, go check him out. He's your typical crazy SEC fan. Okay, all right. All right, so uh, uh, another big, huge slate of games. Obviously, these podcasts at the beginning of the year are going to be a little bit longer than the ones in the middle of the season because, you know, obviously most of the Big Ten teams are playing teams outside the conference. So once you get Big Ten on Big Ten crime, we'll we'll have a lot less uh, games to talk about. But the one thing I wanted to bring up, just first and foremost, that I didn't think I do I did a good enough job of bringing up last week is how awesome is it to have college football back in our lives? It's pretty fantastic. <laughs> Last week was a great weekend. Oh, my gosh. I don't think it was for my wife, but yeah. I sure enjoyed it. Well, if it's anything like uh, my house and anybody's house listening, it's never a great weekend for your wife as far as uh, the happiness level. So No, and in fact, by the time it got around to Sunday, I kind of had to cut myself off because I realized I had pretty much spent three full days away from the family. Yeah. So I had to back off a bit. No, I understand. And then, sadly, this weekend, because of the stinking NFL on Thursday night, we only got... Friday night, one game, and then... Uh, There's no game at all on Thursday? No, it's just mm. the NFL game. They, they, they own the airwaves on yeah, Thursday night. Yeah, they sure night. do. But, uh, and then it's crazy this week with the, you know, like you said, game Sunday night, Monday night, and then all of a sudden the week starts. Boom. Today, Wednesday, as we're recording this, you know, we're only a couple of days away from the weekend in football. I yeah. just, I love getting into the... Uh, the groove of the college football season of stuff I print out and read all week, stuff that I follow, you know, I just, I I fall right back into my old ways. This is the perfect time because we're just getting started. Yeah. We've got it all in front of us. Yeah. It's fantastic. Um, yeah. So anyways, we're going to do, uh, something that we forgot to do last week. Go ahead. Okay. We have to introduce, um, a new segment, which is the Eisman trophy. (laughs) You get it. Not the Heisman. But the Eisman Trophy. So each week on the Eyes on Big podcast, we will go go over the five leaders for what we're going to call the Eisman Trophy. In right. fact, we're going to go over the five leaders from that specific week, week of games. And at the end of the year, we will... At the end of the year, we'll, we'll tally up. We'll, we'll each vote. Um, we'll come up with a system. <laughs> we don't yeah. really have one right now, but... Um, Add up the numbers, and we'll come up with a single Eisman Trophy winner at the end of the season. And, of course, being the eyes on big, we are only following Big Ten teams. It's going to be somebody from the Big Ten Conference. So go ahead, Big Kurt, go over our uh, contestants for this week. Yeah, so this week, uh, first one, Dwayne Haskins, quarterback, Ohio State University, 22 of 30 passing for 313 yards, five touchdowns, did have one interception. Rondale Moore. Wide receiver, Purdue, true freshman, first game ever. Stocky Sproles. Yep. First game ever set the Purdue program record for total yards in a game. Amazing. Mike Weber, Ohio State, looked fantastic, I thought. 20 carries, 186 yards, three touchdowns, and caught a touchdown. Jeshwan Jones, only a freshman from Maryland, had one receiving, one rushing, and one passing touchdown. And finally, Trace McSorley from Penn State. Not a fantastic stat line, but he had some incredible moments in that game. Almost single-handedly won the game. Penn State, 230 yards passing, one touchdown, 53 yards running, and two touchdowns. All right. Who's your Eisman? My Eisman for this week, for me, it's not even close. Rondale Moore is my Eisman because number A was his first first game ever. He sets the, the record. He had an amazing first half. He was unstoppable. But even when they keyed on him, he opened up the offense for everybody. So he dictated that entire offense for Purdue. That's why I'm picking Rondell Moore. A very good choice. Um, Not that I'm going to pick against you every time just to be uh, that dude. But I think I'm – 
always going to err on the side of a guy doing something in tough situations. And to me, it's Trace McSorley sure. because so he, with- he willed he willed them back down the field. He's done it multiple times, unfortunately, as an Iowa fan, going down the field to tie the the game up. Like it was crazy. There was just over. Uh, I think it was just over two minutes left in the game and Appalachian state was going down the field. Penn state had the, the ball mm-hmm. Appalachian state got the ball back, scored a touchdown. Penn state went down the field, scored a touchdown to tie it. And app state had a chance to kick a field goal. That all happened in the last right. two minutes of the game. Point being is there's no way Penn state wins that game unless they have trace McSorley as the quarterback. And that is a, well, it would typically be called a, a Heisman moment, but in this case, that was an Eisman moment for for Trace <laughs> So you're going more with grit over stats. I'm I'm more of a grit over stats guy, but I'm not gonna com- turn a blind eye to to stats too. All right, understood. All right, um, and then we're gonna go through now before we get to the to the games and breaking down the games. We're gonna go through some uh, housekeeping items. Housekeeping. No, thank you. Sleeping. Um, all right. So first thing I want to point out is, uh, I felt like listening to other podcasts, a little bit of national radio, it wasn't over the top. I I will admit that, but it sure seemed like uh, Michigan losing Penn state and Michigan state squeaking it out. It was the chance for people to start besmirching the big 10 East and the big 10 in general. I thought, I thought they were taking pot shots where pot shots were not needed. So I didn't see a whole lot of pot shots myself. Of course, ESPN's going to want to knock down the the Big Ten when they can. Yep. But you know, to be honest with you, most of the 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 powers in the East didn't look great. So I I'm okay with it. I just feel like if the roles were reversed, it would just be gritty performances to be able yeah. to to pull it out. Well, if they were talking about the SEC West, that's certainly what they would be saying. Yep. And but I didn't have a problem with it, basically. Yeah. And then the next thing down was. We're now all of a sudden like I I literally I clicked on an article didn't mean to click on the article but clicked on one college football article opened up on the inside and the article was the SEC is back that was it 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 just took it just took one after week one yeah and I I admit there were some but I thought there were some good SEC wins but it's just kind of like let's 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 pump the brakes here a little bit I thought they were never gone though how could they be back (laughs) well that's a good point yeah but that is a good point because the the SEC East is without a doubt been ugly. It's been pretty bad for and, a few years. Yeah. yeah. And I would say that if Florida, um, I don't think Tennessee, <laughs> Tennessee's going to make it no. back this year, but uh, if Florida would make it back and look better this year, maybe pick another team out of there. I mean, they need that. Otherwise it's just, it's just Georgia and maybe South Carolina. See, Okay. Did you see that tweet from Danny Cannell today? about my boy Danny uh, your boy Danny our boy Danny all right here's here's what he tweeted let's have some fun which team should be ranked all three of these are power five teams team a was 10 and 3 last year beat a power five opponent on the road that was seven and six team b was nine and four last year beat a sunbelt team at home that was three and nine team c was four and seven last year beat an FCS team at home that was six and five who is team a b and c a is northwestern c is Florida correct and b is South Carolina Carolina so in South Carolina and Florida are both ranked. Yes, but yeah. Northwestern's not. Um, and to give you another Northwestern one, I saw this by uh, on Twitter. David at Wildcat VXA, whatever. He tweeted it at Teddy Greenstein. In a stretch where Michigan is 4-5 and five and Northwestern is 9-0, and oh, Michigan has been ranked for five weeks, receiving 2,350 votes with a peak rank of 14. Northwestern has been ranked four weeks, receiving 1,664 votes with a peak rank of 17. Mercy. <laughs> I mean, you want to talk about that's uh, crazy. Well, I mean, it's just the same thing that it always is, which is uh, um, blue blood, blue blood love, you know. And, and we're again, we're not gonna. It's the world we live in. We're not gonna t- not talk about Michigan and Ohio State, but it's just as good as time to. If you're listening to the Eyes on Big podcast, we're gonna talk about all 14 teams. So, um, some more housekeeping stuff. Well, should we go over injuries? Yeah. All right. Well. The first one, as I'm sure you're going to guess, is Mike Dudek, Illinois wide receiver. His third season-ending knee injury, his fourth season-ending injury overall. So Mike was a 2014 freshman All-American and only played in eight games after that. Um, 
Two ACLs on his left. This time he hurt his right knee. His career is probably over. What a shame. Going to be a coach. He'll be a great coach. I hope so. I hope he's a coach at Illinois. Next, we've got Cole Guest, running back for Indiana, tore his ACL. So, I don't know if you remember Morgan Ellison as their starting running back. He was suspended. And Cole Guest is now out. So, that could affect our lines coming up here. Uh, Running game is going to suffer for IU. Very good, very electric player, Cole Guest. Yeah. Uh, just those two major injuries so far. Yeah. I uh, There was a couple of them, like Ivory Kelly Martin with Iowa's dinged up. He's, he's yeah, I saw up that. in the How's air. That going? Um, not real sure. He's okay. just kind of on the iffy list. Um, another one that I looked up was uh, Rodney Smith and Zach Annex that they kind of went uh, gimpy out of the game, but they're, they're both supposed to play. Okay. So. Good. That's good to hear. Um, yeah. Um, other than that, uh, Want to get into the games? I, I've the one thing to point out is there is a ton of what I would call toss-up games. I think for me, a game that's a one-score game or less is, is, is pretty much a, a pretty up, much sure. a toss-up. I mean, I had a great amount of difficulty. Yeah, picking the lines this week. Yeah, even the ones that weren't close. I, <laughs> I'm not feeling very confident. Right no, now. you should. And I feel like this is pretty much a common thing when you go from week one to week two. Yeah. I feel like the lines are are off more in week one, whereas yes. week two they get it dialed down. Yep. And I, this is as good a time to as any to say that in week zero and week one, I went a robust 10 and three versus the spread. Mm. Um, I told my brother that if I do this again in week Two that they should do like a thirty for thirty special <laughs> about the hot streak of gambling, <laughs> three three yeah, weeks, of, which is impossible. I mean, streak. the fact that I'm even talking about it out loud means I'm going to go, you know, two and seven against week. the spread yeah. this week, and that's that's how she goes. But uh, yeah, other than that, let's get into the games. All right, do you want to start it off or should I? I will start it off. All right, first one up is 11 o'clock a.m. on Big Ten Network. We got 1-0 New Mexico versus 1-0 Wisconsin. The line is Badgers by 35, the over-under 61.5. What do you think? All right, not a whole lot you can tell about New Mexico from their week one game. Playing incarnate word. (laughs) (laughs) Now, they put up 62 points. And they put up a lot of yards. I think it was like 608 yards. But they gave up 566 yards in that game. That's bad. Bad news. Uh, I'm tempted to go against them, even with the huge line. But I'm still going with – I'm standing by what I always do. I never go over, or I never choose the the, – The big big line to cover. I always choose the dog. So I'm going to Mexico in this game. You will lose like fifty percent of those, just so you know. If you if you take oh, if I you know. take a one hundred percent stance on you know the the under <laughs> or the I just I just want to make sure I made yeah. Um, I think it is possible that the that New Mexico's running quarterback could move the ball mm-hmm. and. I don't know. I don't mean keep it close with the Badgers, but just give them fits and headaches here and then. But um, there's there's possibility that Jonathan Taylor could. And legit run for 300 yards in this yeah, game. Sure, I like, I I would be 100 percent disappointed if he didn't reach 200 yards. But well, but maybe they just take him out because they're up by 30 points in the first half. Right, but there's there's Heisman talk going on here with That's Jonathan true. Taylor. Like you I'm not saying you, you risk the the season with stuff like that, but you you don't take him out unless you really feel like he's going to get. You know, injured. I guess. So, what if Hornybrook is Hornybrook and underthrows receivers by ten yards? Well, and that's another thing I have written down is Hornybrook should be dialed in, and and he didn't have any picks last week. No, but there was there was a general throws that looked awful. Yeah, so I would expect it all to look good this week. I like the Badgers covering the thirty-five. Love those big spreads, and I like the over sixty-one and a half. Don't love it. Don't love either one of these. But if you if you if you put a gun up to my head, that's where I'd go with those. All right, Uh, moving on. So, second game. 0-1 Western Michigan is at Michigan. This is an 11 a.m. contest on Fox Sports 1. The line is Michigan by 27 and a half. Who you got? Um, Michigan looked bad last week um, against a very, very good Notre Dame defense, and they were on the road. This week, Western Michigan 
got got feasted on last week with their first week opponent. Now and, and they put up big yards. They scored week some, one. They, some they, points. Yep. That is to me what's even got has this line yeah. under 30, 31 points, which is what I, uh, I had guessed it to to be. What's going to happen in this game is Michigan is not going to allow Western Michigan to have 200 yards of offense. They're going to take out anger and aggression (laughs) on directional Michigan. They're going to run the ball just fine. I don't think it's going to necessarily be 28 to nothing at halftime. In fact, I could see it being something like 17 to three at halftime and middle of the third quarter, Western Michigan's will to play offense will have wilted away and then it's going to wind up being something like 42 to 10. But what if um, Wilton Spate, I mean, Shea Patterson has another poor game. I have no confidence in their offense right now. I just don't think either of these teams is going to score a ton of points. So I'm going with Western Michigan and the points. Yes. Really? I didn't think that's where you're going there. I That's where I'm going. Western okay. Michigan. Coached by Tim Lester, former Western Michigan quarterback and alum of Wheaton Warrenville South High School. Okay. Um, Same high school as Red Grange. I understand the thought process. I think it's more about your your love affair for points. I, I think that 27 and a half points is going to look very minute when they're up 21 to 3. And in fact, I like it so much. Uh, so this is one of my good ones this week. Okay. Okay. All right, next game up is uh, also at 11 o'clock a.m. Uh, we got 1-0 Eastern Michigan at Purdue. It is on the Big Ten Network. Purdue by 17 in this one with an over-under 65. What's, what's the thoughts? Okay, this one's a tough one. Uh, Tyler Wiegers, former Iowa nice. quarterback, um, is is quarterbacking for, for Eastern Michigan. <clears throat> um, Purdue's defense is nicked up, but I love – Nick Holt. I love their defensive coordinator. And it sounds like they're going to be playing David Blau a lot more. And I think – I thought Purdue looked a lot better with him under center um, first week in Sindelar is, is feast or famine. Yep. Whereas be, Blau is just – He's more steady, right? Yeah, he's just Plus, going to keep the, the game in front of him. He's more of a runner. I think the offense works better. I am going Purdue to cover the 15-point spread. Really? Yes, I am. Boy, somebody's going to have a bad week or a good week. Um <laughs> I could. I feel like I could use a lot of the same things that you used against ag- me, right? <laughs> against you. I mean, I can. I can see myself using all my points against me as well. So yeah, I understand that. Um, it, it's Purdue's defense that um, I'm. I'm worried about it. I, I yeah. know that um, at the uh, press conference they were concerned about bodies not being back on defense already yeah. from the Northwestern game, and that's I think starting from a unit that was pretty down on players to begin to start the the year. Um, yeah. I mean, Tyler Wiggers looked good last week, very accurate, two mm-hmm. touchdowns. Um, Eastern Michigan is much improved. They are. Um, they don't look like Eastern Michigan. I think, uh, I think Rondale Moore will have a great game. He'll mm-hmm. put up a lot of yards. Um, I, I like the over 65. I just think there's going to mm-hmm. be a lot of points scored in this game, but I like Eastern Michigan and the 17. In fact, I like it a lot. That's that's my second one that I, I, I will be taking a hard look at. Okay, the uh, fourth 11 a.m. contest we have is 1-0 Duke at 1-0 Northwestern on ESPNU. The line here is Northwestern by three points. Over under 48.5. Over under 48.5. All right. Um, Duke's good. Yeah, I know. They are. I struggled on this one. It they I mean this is a bowl team last year. We all know how bad Duke throttled it was Northwestern, like forty-one to seventeen. I yeah. think last year. Yeah. Oof. Um, but quarterback that... Daniel Jones is mm-hmm. Duke's quarterback. He he looked really good last week. There is a lot of guys they have back on defense from from last year. Um. I tell you what, I think this is going to be the game where we're going to learn a lot about Northwestern. I think it's going to come in one way. Is Clayton Thorson ready to do more than what he did last week? And what mm-hmm. I mean by that is, can he bring his legs into the game and make plays like that? It's a good question. Um, so who, who are you taking? I, I, I'm, I like Duke plus You like the, the Dukies. Yep. You know what? I'm going to go with Northwestern. Do you know why? Because they're Northwestern, okay, and that's that's just what it's I just mean. What they do well. It is it is what they do. They don't make mistakes. I'll say this much. I mean, this is an absolute cop out, but 
if if Duke turns the ball over, Northwestern is going to win the game. I but I just feel like this will be a game where they're going to be coached up to not turn the ball over. I am ner- okay. It's like when you think about running quarterbacks. Okay, they don't run that much in games where you're blowing a team out. There's no need for a running quarterback sure, to run of course. as much, right? They can throw the ball, they can run the ball, right. or hand the ball off to the running back. However, in the big games, you'll notice when the offense is struggling to move the ball, they give the they let the quarterback run around right. more. That is what I think this game is going to be for Northwestern, okay. and I think it's going to hurt them because I don't think Clayton Thorson's ready to do that. I wouldn't think so, but. Um... Again, it's Northwestern. Apparently, you know, their ACLs heal in nine months okay. instead of 12. So, yeah, I like Duke. Well, I should say I'm okay with Duke plus the three. For the record, I'm a, I'm a big enough Big Ten homer, I guess, that I will be cheering for Northwestern in this game. However, another thing that I like is I think it's a quite low 48.5 over or mm. over under for that. So, I really like the over in that game. I think both teams can put 24 to 30 points up in this game for for sure. My head's telling me Duke. My heart's telling me Northwestern. All right, on to the two uh, 2.30 games that we have. First up, pretty darn good one. We got 1-0 Colorado versus 0-0 Nebraska. This game is on ABC. The line is Nebraska by only three and a half. I was very surprised by that line when I first saw it. The over-under is 65. Of course, the, the big question is, are they going to move Scott Frost Day from oh, September? We forgot to talk about Scott Frost Day. <laughs> from September 1st <laughs> to September yes. 8th. So, so for those of you who don't know, we're not making this up. This is not as reported by the Onion. I thought it was made up when I first saw it. Like you would think it was from the Onion. Yeah, that was what that was like. Three or four responses I saw under the first tweet that said so. So Nebraska, the state of the state, the state, the governor, the declares. governor of the state of Nebraska yes. declared September first, two thousand eighteen, <laughs> Scott Frost Day. Now, it, is it just that one day, or that is this going to be every year? That is the that is the ten thousand dollar question. I have not been able to confirm. If it's if it's September first, every year moving forward. What if he goes four and eight? Do they do it again next year? You know, if he goes eight and four, they'll probably do it again next year. And then we could even bring out the fact that Scott Frost Day was rained out. They didn't even get to celebrate Scott Frost Day with a live college football game. Yes. (laughs) Okay. I'm sorry, but that that had to be brought up. Now, granted, he's only a demigod, so he can't technically control the weather. Yeah. Only a god could do that. Right. All right. Um. So the first thing I want to see at quarterback for Nebraska, Taylor, Adrian Martinez. And okay. My first question to me, if I'm a Nebraska fan, every time that guy goes down hard, are you, are you gasping and holding your breath? Absolutely. Cause you got nothing behind him. And by the way, the transfer is Tristan Jebbia. Jebbia. Yeah. Not Gebbia. I thought it was Gebbia. Okay. Um, yeah, so but in all honesty, it will be interesting to see if Adrian Martinez looks as good as advertised. That'll be the first thing you want to look look at. Yeah, but I don't I don't expect a whole lot ever from a true freshman quarterback. But then again, Anikstet looked really good. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously been true freshman quarterbacks. It it isn't as much of it's a thing rare, these though. days yeah. as it used to be. Um, the other thing too is, I mean, this this, this is Colorado. This is a power five team i know they didn't have a ton of success last year but they're looking better this year they are looking better this year when their first game but it was over a colorado state team that's kind of in yeah. disarray right now um so you thought the line would be higher for nebraska yes you thought it'd be, be favored by much more than this correct okay um and then the other thing i want to see is how good or not so good will the nebraska defense look you would think it would look improved over certainly they looked at the end of the last year i don't know why it's the same personnel pretty much they got there was some guys that were injured towards the end of the year last year that they got back so i'm just saying the sheer fact that the the juice that's been put into the program obviously with scott frost the fact that this is there's a lot of confidence we 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 know that right i'm just saying there even if they got behind by 10 14 points i'm not saying Mm -hmm. they're going to but even if they did this isn't a 
lay down type of situation. They're going to fight till the bitter end to win this game. Oh, by the way, I, I don't know if a lot of people even know this. This is a this is a big rivalry. Colorado, oh, of it Colorado, is. Before Nebraska. Nebraska left the uh, the Big Twelve. This was enormous. There were some Nebraska fans that would have listed Colorado as their number one most annoying fan base or team that they. Well, there to was be. a time when they were clearly the two best teams in the Big Twelve. Sure, I mean basically end of the eighties through the nineties for a solid 15 years that was the case now the only thing that i that i think nebraska has going against it is they haven't played yet and colorado has i don't think it's going to matter i'm all in on nebraska covering (laughs) i i thought at what i was hoping when this line opened Mm -hmm. was that it would be under 10 wow and the fact that i think it opened up i'm almost positive it opened up at five and, and went down towards yeah, Colorado. Yeah, was at five. I know that. Yeah. So, That's I crazy. I I know. I'm in. I really yes. like Nebraska here. Really like Nebraska. I am. I am shocked to see that that that's what happened. Okay. Next game at two thirty p.m. on Big Ten Network is one and zero Rutgers. My boys at one and zero the Ohio State University. The line here is Ohio State by thirty five. And the over-under is 63 and a half. Um, you know, it's interesting because the line last week was 38 and a half. Mm-hmm. And they were playing at home versus Oregon State. And that's with Oregon State flying across the country. Yep. This week, Ohio State is playing at home against Rutgers. Two teams that generally have been considered one of the poorest teams in power five over the last three to five years or yes. so. Okay. Yeah. That's a slap in the face for Rutgers to me. Like I, to a certain degree, I can understand that. The so line, you're saying Rutgers is much better. Than, yes, I agree. I think if Oregon state and Rutgers played on a neutral field right now, Rutgers would beat them. I, I think they'd beat them, you know, handily. It wouldn't be 10 know, points. Somewhere yeah, 10 points. There. Exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, I just now I was shocked at how much uh, uh, Oregon State moved the ball on Ohio State last week. Mm-hmm. They are going to hunker down <laughs> in Columbus this week and yeah. and fix things. Um, Nick Bosa will do Nick Bosa things. Um, mm-hmm. Their secondary was leaky last week. My guess is you're not going to see big plays into the secondary with with that. So that is that does make me a little bit nervous as as a Rutgers fan, or if you are looking at Rutgers here, I just think Rutgers defense will be so much better than Oregon State's defense. Rutgers defense I thought looked great last week. I think our tour is probably going to be a little bit deer in headlights here. Yeah, that's the other nervous thing for me. Yeah, but I'm going. I'm going all in on Rutgers here with the 35. Yes. Um, yeah. Arthur would make me nervous. He threw three picks last week versus Texas yeah. state. I'm a little bit nervous about but they Nick. Have a good running game. They do. They have a yeah. decent running game better. I think better than what Oregon state would have. I just think Definitely. it's going to be a game that they'll, they'll put some points up on them. Um, sadly, they've only scored seven points against Ohio state last three years. That's kind of a, and stat. zero in the last two years. Last two, they've been I think it was one fourteen to zero in the last two years. Yeah, that, that gave that, me some pause. <laughs> well, yeah, and so and so will a true freshman quarterback playing yeah. in the horseshoe. Maybe maybe we're crazy. This could be you know I not not to disrespect records. It could be forty two to nothing at halftime. I I just have this gut feeling. That Rutgers defense will play better, and and I also agree. I like I like Rutgers plus. And 35. Ohio State doesn't want to get anyone injured. Yeah, that's a good point too. Yeah, where they why would they just keep piling it on? Yeah, type of deal. And yeah. plus, they're it's a it's a team in their division. They don't want to totally embarrass them. Yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> I'm going all in on Rutgers here. All right. Um, I guess I'll go ahead and uh, introduce the it. next yeah. one. So we got uh, four o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Fox. We got zero and zero Iowa State Cyclones at the University of Iowa Hawkeyes. Iowa's favored by three and a half points. The over-under is 46.5. I'm just going to start out with a little bit of a rant here. Sure. Yeah, Uh, let's get a quick one. But this, to me, is a good game. It is a good game almost every year. Pretty big game, yeah. There's basically... There's basically three outcomes. Iowa State pulls out a win 
Iowa pulls out a win or Iowa destroys them. Yep. That's that's about the only three options. Most of the time, it's a close game between either Iowa or Iowa State. Iowa's problems, issues with this game is that it's it's not that we don't respect. I personally believe it's not that Iowa fans don't respect Iowa State's okay. program. Okay, it's that the national media and even around the Big Ten people do not give Iowa State enough credit. That is what is annoying because it still plays out to be a situation where if Iowa wins, that's what's expected. If Iowa gets beat by Iowa State, oh my gosh, what's wrong with Iowa? Tell tell me what you think as an outsider. So as an outsider, I would never want to play an in-state team every year as your as your Power 5 game. There's no Wisconsin State. There's no. no Nebraska State. No. I mean, even with like something like Colorado and Colorado State to to ha- as an example, Colorado State is a lower level right. FBS. You you see that a lot where that's that's the comparison. Heck, even Ohio doesn't have anybody right. in their state. And that's a that's a much more populous state than Iowa. But so, of course, here we are, three million people in the state of Iowa, and we have to to share our Division One FBSness with another school, but I, I guess the good news for you now is Iowa State is no longer a doormat. No, I think that 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 helps you out right now. Before there was no winning that game, right? This even when you won it, you lost. Correct. This week, I have they a lot of people on Twitter, just stuff that you read online. They're listing out the best games of the week. Iowa, Iowa State has finally made it. Oh, that's good to hear. It's like it's not number one or number two, but you'll see it in the, in the top five or six. Yep. I can't sit here and say I'm happy with Iowa State's success. They are my rival, but I will say I'll be going down to this game. I'm very excited to see it, and it's because both teams. You're going are, to the game. Yeah, both teams nice. are supposed to be to be good. Um, so Iowa's running back maybe out. Maybe out. Okay, but they get both their tackles back. Correct. So, And I'm going to point out that this is what a good program does. When you suspend someone, you suspend them for one game so that was a a shot at lovey smith yes it was so they get these tackles back for the big game iowa state uh like both running i mean these are kind of similar teams right they're both pretty strong in the trenches both very good running the ball i picked iowa state preseason now they didn't play last week so that that uh has me kind of second guessing myself but i'm gonna go with my original gut i am having I'm going with Iowa State to cover. I mean, I had um, them winning preseason. Not saying they're going to win this game, but I'm going cover. The interesting matchups are going to be uh, Iowa's defensive line and linebackers versus Iowa State's O line, which most people, even Iowa State people that I follow, think is weak. Mm. Iowa's got a really good defensive line. However, Iowa's linebackers looked. Not so good mm-hmm. last week. David Montgomery scares the, stud. the heck out of me. Yeah. Um, I would really just like to say take the under, which is what I really like mm-hmm. in this game. I think it's going to be very low scoring. Don't make me pick a winner. I will just say I like Iowa State and the 3.5 points. Yeah. So you like the under on 46.5, though. Yep. That's that's what you like most about that's this game. That's what I like the most about this game. All right. All right, moving on. So we're both going Iowa State there. Next game, we've got 1-0 Maryland traveling to 0-1 Bowling Green. This is a 5 p.m. game on ESPN+. Plus. The line here is Maryland by 16 over under 65. I think we're going to see a sloppy game here. Um, Maryland played a very emotional game last week for many mm-hmm. reasons. Obviously, it's the first game. You know, back uh, first game playing after losing a teammate, and then you're playing Texas. This is the inevitable letdown game, correct? Um, then you have to go on the road as well to 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 go to Bowling Green. Yeah, and and you know to to like kind of an underwhelming environment, right? Right. Um, it, it, they're probably looking a little bit past this game. Right, right. Um, and then another thing to point out here is Boiling Green also came back from Oregon, so I don't really see them playing a, a game that's not sloppy either. This is going to be a sloppy game to me. Okay. So this one's tough to choose for me, but I'm going with 
the Matt Canada train keeps rolling. Okay. And I'm choosing Maryland to cover Maryland the to co- 16 points. I, I definitely can understand where this would be a, uh, a, a game where you would think Maryland would just come out and keep rolling. One thing that anybody should be interested in to see is, is this what Maryland's offense really looks like? As in, if they keep a healthy quarterback, mm-hmm. will they just keep scoring points every week because this is how good they are. Well, so that's, that's another thing that, that has me <clears throat> lean in Maryland here is just how much skill they have on offense. Yeah. I mean, they looked They're incredible. Good. Yeah. I just, I, I, I'm probably looking at this more of a <laughs> degenerate point of view. I like I like the over 65 here. Hmm. I think there's, I think there's going to be a ton of points in okay. this game. Bowling green put up a lot of points last week. They were up on Oregon early and moving the ball really well until they just got overwhelmed. So I, 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 I like the, the over 65 and I like, I like bowling green plus the 16, just a sloppy hmm. game that Maryland will, will win. And if Canada keeps winning, if he, you know, keeps this thing going, I don't see Durkin being around for much longer. No, I think right now it's, and, and it seems like Matt Canada has been handling himself very well yeah, during the press yeah, conferences definitely. and everything. I'm, yeah. I'm kind I, of I kind of find myself liking the guy. I do too bit. so far. Yeah. All right, buddy. Next game up is uh, big one. WIU. You got to help me out here. Western Illinois. No, Come Western. on, the Leathernecks, man. It is the. Le- I saw that. <laughs> Thanks for. I would have forgot to bring that. They're the only non-military school that uses the name Leathernecks. Leathernecks. Because they were I, they were founded, or at least maybe the, the football team was first coached by a ex-Marine. Okay. So we got special permission from the Marines to gotcha. use the Leatherneck name and the, the Bulldog symbol as well. All right. All yeah. right. So Western Illinois Weathernecks at your Illinois Fighting mm-hmm. Illini. 6.30 p.m. Big Ten Network, since Western Illinois is a 1AA school. I'm just going to go ahead and okay. refer to them now. There's no line. FCS. No um, line here. No. Anyways, the first thing I got written down is I would expect A.J. Bush to go off statistically in this game. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah. So Western was pretty good last year, but they take a step back this year. They have a solid quarterback. Their O-line is kind of a mess. They went out and played an average Montana State last week, um, lost in overtime, I believe. But, yeah, I think um, Illinois is going to look a little better than they did last week from start to finish. A lot of guys back. Uh, well, eh. mm-hmm. so it, probably the four defenders – well, the three that are suspended probably still will not play on defense. I'm guessing. We don't know. So, <laughs> exactly. Uh, Jeffrey the Greek is shaking his head. Now, I've mentioned this before on the Just podcast. Just make a statement. One well, game. So I, Lovey may or may not have control over this. If it's a violation of athletic department code, it's an automatic three games. If not, if it's just a, a team violation, then Lovey has control over it. So he doesn't tell us. We have no idea. So we'll know who plays when they kick the ball off. Exactly. All right. Um, if, if I'm an Illinois fan, I just want to see a cleaner game. Yeah, I'd like to see somebody bust a grape on defense. And you know what? If we maybe got four starter starters back, we would. Yeah. All right. Next game. We've got one and zero Virginia at one and zero Indiana. Six thirty p.m. game on Big Ten Network. The line is Indiana by six. Over under fifty one and a half. Hit it. Yeah. So Virginia, their quarterback is a. Arizona State yeah, quarterback solid. transfer, uh, Bryce Perkins. Um, he looked good yeah. last week. He put up a lot of good. He's he's a running threat. He's a throwing threat. Um, he was accurate last week. That would make me nervous as an Indiana fan regardless, on top of the fact that I st- still didn't think Indiana's defense looked fantastic last week. Um and then you throw in the injuries and suspensions at running back, man, yep. that is going to put a lot of pressure on Peyton Ramsey, who's fine. Yep. He's he's a fine quarterback. Yep. He's not that good. Correct. Of a he's not going to win the game by himself. I mean, I, I pretty much mirror your thoughts. A uh, little scared about Indiana's defense. Uh, Virginia looked great. Uh, depleted. Indiana team, I'm going all in on Virginia here. Yeah, this is not a fly across the country, you know, visit from Virginia. This is, you know, and this is not a 
MAC team or a SWAC team. This this is you know this is an ACC team, and I understand Virginia has been you know down and they haven't been a dominant program for quite some time, but you can't tell me that they don't have enough players on this team to keep it close within a score. And then you mix in the fact that they've been they look good last week and they've mm-hmm. been looking good uh, lately. I I really like Virginia. I think I'm going to give it a double. I I I think this is nice. a play okay. this week. All right. Next up is Fresno State, 1-0 Fresno State at the Minnesota Golden Gophers, also 1-0. This is at 6.30 p.m. on FS1. The line is Minnesota by two, and the over-under is 47.5. Okay, so Fresno scored a FBS high 79 points last week. Now, this was against an Idaho team that showed us why they left FBS and went down to FCS this year. So I'm not sure how much we learned by the, by that game. But I do like Fresno. They're they're one of the stronger teams in the the Mountain West Conference. Um, I think they match up well against the Gophers. Veteran quarterback, really solid defense, and Jeff Tedford did an amazing job last year. He's got this program in a great place. So I am going with Fresno to cover on the road. Yeah, um, so Marcus McMarion is the Fresno State quarterback. Mm-hmm. He looked good last year. He has looked good this year. Fresno State, when, when it's vogue to talk about who would be the the New Year Six buster that would come in sure. from you know mm-hmm. the non Power yep. Five. I mean, obviously Boise State is listed. UCF mm-hmm. is listed. Fresno State was one of those teams that they're was, that good, huh? They they have it. They they've been listed a lot. Like if you're gonna name five teams from from uh gotta go with the, fresno huh? yeah fresno's gonna be on there i thought for sure this would be fresno state favored i understand that it's a it's they got a long flight coming into uh from california into minnesota but weren't they favored before i thought um, they were favored and it moved over to minnesota it so people are moving towards minnesota yeah yeah i crazy to me um, I, I think i would have taken fresno when they were favorite too correct and so i think we've both shown our cards here we both like we both like it's a uh, double i believe yeah we both like fresno state and the points i guess i also like the the over under 47 and a half mm. i was not impressed by uh minnesota's defense Mm-mm. last week i would go over on that one right? i i was pretty impressed by minnesota's offense i feel like rodney yeah. smith's gonna get yards i think annexted will throw the ball up, which I think means they're either going to throw the ball up for good, good things or bad things. Typically, right. that leads to points. So, along with Fresno State and the points, I'll take the uh, the over forty seven and a half, and I like that one a lot. Next game, we have one and zero Michigan State at one and zero Arizona State. This one is at nine forty five p.m. on ESPN. Here's the line: Sparty by six. Over under is fifty four. 10:45 local time. 10:45 for Michigan local State time for when Michigan this State. game gets kicked off. Body That's clock right. is a real deal to yes, me. Yes, it is. I, I, I can't. It can't just be Iowa fan base. There has to be other fan bases who have experienced the late Pac-12 kickoff time. You always get shoved into the 9:45, 10:45 start time, which is I, with the purpose, I'm sure. I, there is no doubt that somehow it gets put in that way. I would mm-hmm. love to know if there is any way when contracts are made. I know a lot of this stuff is with TV. Is there any way you can have a stipulation that the game must be kicked off before 8 o'clock p.m. local time? I don't know. but I'm that, sure they try for it, but it's got to be part of the nego- negotiation, right? I don't know. I just know that that when you, when you don't start a game, there, there could be Michigan State players are just naturally going to wake up at – 4.30 local time <laughs> down in Arizona, not be able to get back to sleep, and they're going to be playing a football game right? that yeah. night. I think it was, wasn't a terribly focused Michigan State team the first last week. week. Right. Yeah. And then another thing to point out is um, uh, Arizona State's got a mobile quarterback. That's he, what gave Michigan State fits last week versus Utah That's State. Right. Yeah. The other thing, too, is Michigan State has got to start running the ball better. That is a big yep. par- part of their brand. Um, you cannot have Lewerke being the major rushing factor every week. It's got to be L.J. Scott. L.J. Scott has got to start being a force in games. Well, let's not forget about Hayward. I thought he had a great game. Um, so they do have kind of a 
two-headed monster there in the backfield. Um, here's a stat for you, 9-0. and That's Arizona State's record at Sun Devil Stadium versus the Big Ten, Yeah, which I was pretty surprised at. A lot of signs pointing against Michigan State here. Yeah. I'm going all in on Arizona State. I have gone back and forth on this one a ton. I know I just talked about the body clock thing over and over again. Mm -hmm. I just think Michigan State is better. I wish this line was just a little bit lower. It yeah. would make me a little bit happier, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Michigan State to cover. And I, I think they're going to cover the six, those six points. So I uh, love it. Last week, Arizona State played a pretty solid UT San Antonio team, and they had a dominating defense. I like the Herminator here. Right. I'm going with the Herminator. All right, so that gets us through the first uh, 12 games. Um, that was the latest kickoff game. We're going to go back into the evening a little bit so we can bring you the... On ABC at 7 o'clock p.m., we've got 1-0 Penn State at 1-0 Pittsburgh. I do believe this is a rivalry. I don't care mm -hmm. what uh, any either one of the fan base says. Uh, Penn State is favored by 8.5 points. The over-under is 56. Yeah, I don't care what that overrated coach at Penn State says. This is a rivalry. Tongue-in-cheek there, Penn State. Yeah, I'm, I'm kidding because I do not think uh, James Franklin is overrated at all. Now, Pitt, last couple years, each of the last two years has had a big upset, right? Could this be their upset this year? I don't know. Um, I, I, I watched the Penn State game from last week mm -hmm. again versus App oh, State. It again. Um, it's a good game. I mean, it's we awesome said it was game. a good game last week. I want to say that I think Penn State, I thought, had that game put away twice. Kind yeah. of a little bit in the first half. Definitely, again, in the second half. They were up by 14 points pretty late in the game. I don't want to take anything away from App State, okay? But some of the plays they were coming up with in that game were somewhat miraculous. We also had a 100-yard kickoff yeah. return. You you have to be able to watch games and pick out what is the difference between just getting dominated at the line of scrimmage mm -hmm. as opposed to just amazing plays that were made over top of D-backs that were in good position, things of this right. nature. There was a lot of that going on with App State versus Penn State. So I saw a few – I didn't watch it again, but I saw a few um, like highlights. The Penn State defense was not tackling very well. I'll agree with especially that. Especially down the line. I'll they, agree with that. I mean, they, they did not look great. The Penn State defense, very talented, but still very young and still learning. Um. Good defensive front for Pitt uh, against an okay Penn State line. I like Pitt in this game. You like the eight and a half points. I like the eight and a half points. Kenny Pickett is the uh, quarterback at Pitt. Mm -hmm. um, good quarterback. Yep. I understand taking the points. I just think that I saw more of very good Penn State last week than than poor. Um, I think Trace McSorley is one of, if not the best quarterback in all of college football this year. If this line was higher, I would take the points. It would have to be at 10 and a half for me to okay. feel comfortable. I get that it's a rivalry. Um, I get that playing on the road is, is going to play into this, but I, I like Penn state covering the, okay. the eight and a half, um, the 56 points. I, I would stay away from. I don't like that. Yeah. That seems like a lot to me. But um, and then just like as a as a side note, um, I, I engaged a couple of Penn State fans on really Twitter. Just I didn't just see to, this just to check their temperature. Okay, <laughs> a lot of it was Pitt's trash. They're crap. What? And it's like, and I said, wouldn't you want Pitt to? to get a little bit more respect. Yeah. So it and counts more so that it them. counts more as a win. And Oh, by the way, if you lost, it, it would look worse as opposed to, right. No, the general feeling was just we're Penn state. They're, they're awful. We're going to crush them. And and I just want to like spin this off. Cause it doesn't necessarily have to be like against Penn state fans. I see Iowa fans doing this with Iowa state. Sure, yeah. It's All like fan bases have their crazies. I, I, I don't get that. I will never get how, trashing your opponent to that level. Yeah, what, it doesn't what, help you at all, right? It sets you up for an embarrassing 
failure right. of saying and stupid things out of your fat mouth that will then be turned around to use against you. So it, were they trash when Pitt beat them recently a couple years in a row? So Again, then what probably, is not, the, probably not trash then. What does that make Penn State if they were trash? But that kind of gets to the point I'm right. trying to make. Exactly. It just is the weirdest thing for me. It's, when, it's when you, I mean, obviously, if you've got Alabama talking to Tennessee fans right now, you you can go with something like that because it's it's hilarious, but yeah. I don't know. It, I know it's Twitter, but you see it on you see it on other forums too, where it's just like talking down to the opponent. Mm-hmm. I even saw an Iowa State fan doing it to Iowa this week too, yeah. where it's like, other than tight end, I can't think of one position that you're better at us. And it's like, oh, wow. are you just trying to have fun? What is the whole point of well, Twitter of was made this? for idiots? All right, um, and then as far as just very quickly, we're obviously not going to go yeah. pick these teams, but around the we're, – we're, we're college football fans along with Big Ten fans, I think, some interesting games. A little bit, UCLA at Oklahoma. Oh, that's a good one. Can can uh, Chip keep it within 35 points oh in that game? Georgia at South Carolina. Saw a lot of South Carolina fans that, that were game. pretty cof- cocky and confident yes. saying they were going to take down the Bulldogs. You I saw am- that just this – just this week, correct. Well, okay. and I saw it about a month ago. I kept well, yeah. two. I kept two Twitter <laughs> guys around. I uh, saved because I'm like, I remember that. Yeah, I'm like, okay, uh, I'm gonna go check this game out because they were very well, confident they were gonna be. They Georgia. were pretty much saying ten games was about their floor this year. <laughs> that they, that they were recall. gonna win. Yep. Yeah, and this was ten gonna, wins. This, this they had they, they weren't nervous about this game at all. Oh this lord. Week. So, uh, Clemson, Texas A and M. Great game. That is an interesting yeah. game right there. I was shocked that line's under ten points. Ooh, really? Yeah. I, or maybe it was maybe it was ten or eleven, but it's I mean it's under two touchdowns. Okay. I don't know that 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 froze me. Like I I would that made me not want to touch it because it yeah. seemed like it should have been more than that. Kentucky or Florida? That's that's kind of an interesting Haven't game. Won to since the Reagan administration. That's how long to see yeah. if that streak would end. It's <laughs> crazy. And then. I, I guess it would probably be the game of the week nationally would be USC at Stanford. That's both, always a good one. Both ranked. Yeah. And that's that's a that's a rivalry now. So USC's at Stanford. USC at yeah. Stanford. So all right. That is gonna wrap it up. Again, kind of a long one this week because we got so many games to go over. Um again, uh this is uh, your co host Jeffrey the Greek. I'm on Twitter, uh Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. And I am Big Kurt on Twitter at B one G K U R T. Please share. Please rate us. Please yes, give to us. your friends and coworkers. Keep keep the numbers going for us. Interact on Twitter too, please. Yeah, we love Reach that. Reach out. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thank you.